we're back. Hello. Actually, I think I still got to upload last, last episode. Oh no! Well, our entire our lucky listeners get two <laughs> at a time. Hear or, that? Or maybe you'll just stagger it. Oh yeah, I still still pump up more content that way. This is the special episode. That's right. <laughs> lucky um, listeners. That's right. I was just uh, just about to tell you. So I I uh, am basic. I'm trying to. How should I explain this? Basically, my professor uh, has this has has like a deal with a like a psychedelic startup. Sometime. Oh yeah. Um, and so he was asking me if the, if I could figure out a way of like automatically um, determining when a rat uh, uh, does something called a, a head twitch response, which is like a it's like a stereotypical response that they get if they've been given psychedelics mm, yeah i ever think i remember you, you saying like something like that yeah um so now so i i got this program that i'm trying to do it with video just like tracking so i, I have this program that outputs basically i i like train a and it's like it's like a human in the loop style training algorithm where like uh you you label a few well you label like a shit ton of frames um, just like drawing in like little like ball and stick mm-hmm. things onto whatever you want to track on the rat. Sweet. And then you run it through like a training algorithm and then it makes some guesses and then you can like move around. You can move them around to like fix the guesses and then use those as additional training examples. So you can Damn. Like increase the number of training examples really quickly. Right. So th- so are you using AI for this? Yeah. So it uses it uses deep learning. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So like I got it working really well um, on this one particular video at least, where it like tracks tracks the rat's head really really well. Mm. But now I just I don't know what to do with that <laughs> like data because like now like I can output it. So now I have like details on like where the rat's head is. But now I need to figure out like how to how to turn that into like a head twitch. Yeah, how to have how to have that data tell me that they're twitching their head. So I, I mean, got a couple ideas be. on like yeah. Like yeah, I've got a couple ideas on how to do it. Um, but what what were you gonna say? So like the way that I would approach it, which is probably the same way that you would too. Um, but like, so in programming, it's all about patterns, right? So um, if you could isolate, like, what you need to do is figure out when the rat is twitching, and then look at what the output is when he's doing that, yeah. and then figure out like if there's a way that you can be like, oh, if if he twitches then the value on this side is always higher than the value on this side. So then you can like subtract that and like get like a, the output or whatever and be like, okay, that's like a head twitch or whatever. Um, yeah, and then you exactly. just do that like so, a million times and make sure that it's right. Because if you don't, then that's how you're going to like fuck it up. Right. Yeah. So, so my thought was, so I can basically, I can output a velocity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point. There you go. So I was like, I'm pretty sure the fastest that the ear, like either ear will ever move is when they're shaking their head. Yeah. Because it's like a really, really fast shake. So I was like, okay, well, basically what I need to figure out is, like, what velocity that would be. And then just right. filter out everything that isn't that velocity, and that should give me some idea of, of when they're twitching. I have, to, I have to get some footage of a rat actually doing yeah. that. <laughs> actually twitching. Yeah, you um, need, like, a timestamp of when they actually twitch, so yeah. footage. And then you need to also make sure that you can find the log of when that, like, because it's tracking the movement output into a file, I'm assuming, right? 
Um, so you need to like correlate the footage with that so you can actually verify that, hey, this is a That's Twitch. Um, yeah. Or yeah, I guess what you could plan. do if, if you're better <laughs> is like add like the AI to like to like do that, be like, um, you know, do something like that where it's like, oh, this is a head Twitch, you know? Yeah, I, I, I thought about that too. I think the the problem with that is I think for that to work, I would need like a lot of training. Mm, yeah, I guess you would need to do what and you're doing anyway. I would need like a lot of footage of rats twitching their heads. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, who knows yeah, if you're on this project for five or six years, you might have that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, at that point, like, is it even worth it? You're just going to well be just, doing like, this yourself. Like, as well just watch the footage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spend like an enormous amount of time programming it. I guess maybe that's the thing you could look at is like, is like, okay, you, you figure out what you're, because like in one way you're going to have to tell like what, when a head twitch is anyway. So you got to do the hard work at the beginning. Um, but then if you if you had all that footage and you could just wa have the AI watch that, you know, somehow and then pick out like so you could do both. But you're going to do the, the hard part at first anyway to figure out like how you can tell. Yeah, well, that's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. It's basically, like, do I figure it out or do I have an AI figure it out? But needs a lot more training. Yeah, but in order for AI to figure out, you have to tell the AI what's right. So therefore, you still have to figure it out. Do you not? Like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. still going to have to watch the video. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty yep. pretty exciting. That's I like cool, hearing that uh, real world like application. Um, yeah, it, it's cool like seeing it train too. It's, yeah, it's uh, I feel feel like I'm actually doing something fancy. I saw this meme and, and using my graphics card too. So it's like oh yeah, there you go. Putting my hey, 3070 Ti to work. You can probably write that off now. Uh, you should talk to your accountant <laughs> and be like, hey man, I need to use this for work. Um, can I depreciate the value of this? Because you probably can. Um, maybe, although, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how like institutional, um, tax credits employment works. Okay. What you have yeah. to do, this is what you should do. You should, you should actually do this. You should talk to an accountant and figure out if there's a way that you can like, I guess it might be weird because you're not really an employee of the, you're still like a student, right? I wonder yeah. if there's a way that you could like swing that so you're you're still an, a student, but then you can get your your like boss or whoever like is above you to like hire Jude the consultant, um, and then you could run everything through uh, a sole proprietorship, and then you could start writing stuff off. I wonder if some, I wonder if you could do that because then you could have like all these tax savings, um, you know. I guess your grant would then count as income, so probably would, would be the best idea. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know right, if there'd yeah. be a loophole somewhere around there. I mean, it might be worth just like trying to convince the lab to to get a supercomputer, but yeah, or just get the really lab to get you a supercomputer. <laughs> to get me, yeah, I already have a pretty good computer. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I guess yeah, they can give me a thirty ninety or something. But yep, damn, that is so cool. Actually, man, I love I love that. Um, the fact that you get to that that's like everything that I love about computers is just like when you're just like hey i need to do this thing and it's just like what you get to you like track rats with software that's baller bro Damn it. it's just gonna be really sweaty when you have to like uh publish whatever you did and just pray to god that your algorithm does work for tracking head <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i can show you some footage of what it looks like really yeah that's fucking cool here let me share my screen 
the live preview. Oh yeah, there we go. Oh sweet. Go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is what it looks like. It's pretty simple, but it's basically just the blue thing that tells. Oh wait, wait, wait! You're just sharing Discord. You're sharing Discord. Oh, it didn't work. You have to share the, screen. Share the screen. Um. Um. So go, yeah. Go, stop streaming. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Go stop streaming. Yeah, and okay. then go. Uh, so. There's two ways of streaming in Discord. One, you can just click like stream that, and then it. There's... Or applications versus screens. Yeah, screen is what you want. Okay, so now it's my screen. Now I get to watch. Whoa, yeah, whoa. So you wrote that? I didn't write it. it, it there's like a program that, that does this basically already. That is so um, wild, man. But it has like a. Yeah, it's pretty cool, eh? I, so, so that's how they kind of do like animation when like. Oh, because yeah, I never really would, understood that either. They would, they would do that, but for like the whole body. Whoa. I'm just tracking the head. How accurate is that? Holy shit. It looks pretty good, right? It looks like really accurate. So you could like, because when they head twitch, it's probably going to be so quick that like. Yeah, I hope it picks it up. Um, or maybe if it doesn't pick it up, that's just your way of knowing. If it's if they twitch too fast, <laughs> and it's like, that's true. you know. <laughs> if it disappears, then I know that. Uh, they're twitching Whoa, right. this is wild. It's obviously smart enough not to pick up the reflection either, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's right. So, I, I mean, so basically, like, the way this works is uh, I, like, import a video into this program. Oh, yep. man. No, I'm still, there we go. Um, and then uh, I basically take, like, I take, like, 50 frames or something. Mm -hmm. And I basically just, and, and basically, I, I, I create tell where it is of those yeah. nodes, and then I create, like, two, like, like edges connecting the nodes mm -hmm. so i created like a little v shape for their head yeah. and then i just i just like drag and drop those onto their face yeah, so you're, you're basically doing the, the training sort of yeah so and i call it yeah call it like this is where it should be in this particular frame and then you just like you train it you just like run it through like a, a training algorithm that's yeah. already like got all figured out basically mm -hmm. um and then it makes some like shitty ish guesses <laughs> yep. but that are like usually pretty good they'll get it like close-ish to the head and then you'll just like move them and and if it's mm. correct you just like double click on it and be like good job algorithm you did it correctly Head that it. adds it to it that like creates a training example that it got right yeah just reinforces it more wow and you just keep you'd go through that a few times and then you just run it on the whole video and it takes like it only takes like five minutes to actually like make the predictions on the video yep. like what takes time is the predicting or sorry is the training sweet um and even then, it's pretty fast. It's like, I don't know, like five, ten minutes per, um, per, like, thing. It's like a minute. It's like I don't know. It's like half a minute per iteration or something. But you yeah. only do like ten or twenty iterations, and then you go and start telling it what to do again. Man, yeah, see, cool. that's so cool. Like, what did I do this past week for work? I like fixed some fucking bug in like a layout builder thing. Like, you know, nothing. Yeah. Nothing fun. You know. Now now I have like an undergrad, so I, I showed it during my lab meeting. <laughs> yeah. like, look what I did, it's cool. And uh, my professor got excited and was like, oh, we'll give you an undergrad to like help out. An undergrad? Um, so, yeah. You're just going to get like an undergrad. degree? No, no, no. Oh, no, a person, sorry. a person. Like a person. Oh. Like a, an assistant. Wow. And I was like, okay, I, I need to like think about how I can mm. get them to help me because you can run it on like Google Collab. Right. Or like Jupyter kind of thing. But I have to figure out how to do that. 
to like run it on the cloud. And I don't think you can use the the GUI on the cloud on the cloud. Mm. You have to do it like line by line. Um, so I'm like, is it worth it doing that, or should I just like have her like remote desktop like onto my computer and do it? Yeah. So if you do that, you won't be able to use your computer. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, but it would just be like, hey, just like let me know whenever mm -hmm. you want to. And then I'll make sure my computer's free or something like that. Yeah, if you if you end up doing that, you'll probably have to open up some ports on the router of wherever you are. Um, yeah, I already I already have okay, that. Gotcha. Cool. Figured out. Sweet. Yeah, that, that would be it, a bad I, way actually, because if she I doesn't do have, sometimes. if she doesn't have the resources on her computer to do it, I mean, you're basically gonna do it anyway. Yeah, um, I'm like ninety. I, I'm like ninety nine percent sure she probably doesn't have a yeah. graphics card. Right, and then um, are, is she gonna be able to figure it? It's also <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also kind of hard to set up, like like just like getting it. I mean, it's not that hard, but it's it's certainly uh, mm -hmm. for somebody that doesn't know how to program at all. Yeah, it's um. Then again, if you like show like her, that. you you probably learn a bunch on the way too. That's true. So. She she actually told me she was like, I'm will um I'll, I can like learn Python in my spare time. <laughs> oh man, I've heard that so many all times. Right. That's pretty fucking dope, man. That reminds me of uh, um, this book uh, I read. I think it was The Lean Startup or something like that. Um, and it goes into like the Scrum Agile methodology. And basically, mm -hmm. it explained how some companies use um, like the Scrum method to like gain traction on projects. So in Valve, what they do is actually really cool. Um, basically, when you get hired at Valve, and you can only really do this because they have so much money, but when you get hired in valve you basically get a desk with wheels um and you get put in like a warehouse and uh there's like a bunch of other people that work there too and they all have desks with wheels and you basically just like work on whatever the fuck you want and then the idea is that like if somebody thinks your project is cool they'll just like come and like move their desk beside you and then you wheel over yeah and then you just start working on it together and like the whole idea is like you don't ever propose your project to somebody it's just like if it's cool enough people will just start just working on it with you <laughs> yeah and it's just like That's and then so, so eventually cool. you get like pods of these these teams and they just like start growing and, and then it's just like oh that must be a cool project if all of these people just agree that it's a pretty badass project and i was right. like man that is like that is like the pinnacle of of work proficiency in my opinion or like efficiency because it's just like you're always working what you want, but you need to have billions of dollars to do it. <laughs> basically like a genetic algorithm within the workplace. <laughs> yeah. Like, See, the, the weird like, thing... So like, that succeed or just like get bigger and bigger yeah. and better, and then things that you might just like slowly die away aren't working, or or somebody, like the management isn't work like whoever's yeah. in charge is like kind of shitty, so people just start leaving. Yeah, exactly. And in this whoever case, like, like... yeah. So you you naturally get leaders. Oh, yeah. Like, that's so cool it, it like is that. fascinating now the one thing that and i've always kind of thought this way and i'm pretty sure it's just the way that like i think um but for me it's like it's like okay if i'm getting hired especially in like tech at a company and and they're just like hey go make us something cool it's like why would i make them something cool you know i guess they don't have the resource to make it's just like you know because you're they're gonna own your ip and everything that you do and so it's just kind of like, damn, like, isn't that kind of like, I, I don't know. It's you kind of like an insurance policy, though. <laughs> yeah, like you get a wage like, and you get all this you, stuff. Yeah, do you like just go free and then maybe accomplish nothing and die? Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> because you have no money. <laughs> That's or do you so have fucking like, funny. Or you have somebody that like basically pays you a decent wage that is yeah. guaranteed. Um, and I guess you would maybe write stuff in the contract being like, if like, you know, performance bonus or, or whatever, like, I guess maybe you treat every case separately or you'd hope be like, oh, if you, if you made them an award winning game, they wouldn't just be like, here's your 4% fuck off, you know? <laughs> Honestly, they probably do. Although, yeah, probably. I don't know. With, I, I guess like, man, I wish Valve were like public so I could invest in them, but. You wish who? It's also probably. Valve? Valve. Mm, yeah. yeah. They're, they're private, eh? Toyota is uh, a company that follows a very similar lean manufacturing process. That's where the whole Scrum Agile thing started was actually Toyota um, because they, they basically were just like, we need to do lean manufacturing, um, which I don't know if you know anything about it, and I really don't either, but it's basically like they, they, they only have exactly what they need to get the job done. It's all very like minimum viable product based, basically, when they were, like, were starting okay. out even now. Look it up, lean manufacturing. Cool. It's an interesting way of, of uh, running companies and stuff like that. And startups basically have to do that. Um, so we actually just did a very similar thing um, this week. So we have software that we're building for our printers. Um, mm -hmm. Have I shown you that before? The software or the printers? The software for the printers. Uh, no. no. Man, okay, well, let me sh show you. This is show and tell day today. Yeah. Um, let's go with screen. <laughs> Our listeners get to see nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually probably good because it's all proprietary. Well, I should say that. You can see Google Your information. You see this? Yeah. Okay, so this is what we call HivePrint. And um, so this is an application that we built. And basically, when you have a 3D printer, um, the kind of like out-of-the-box way of interfacing it is you have like a USB stick with an SD card on it and you go around to every single yeah. printer and you uh, plug it in and you tell it to print through the UI and whatever you got to do that for every single printer. So if you have like 50 of them, which a lot of companies are still doing this, if they, even if they have like 50 or 100 printers, they have somebody going around and uh, right. putting this in and doing that. So we're like, well, fuck that noise. Um, so this mm -hmm. is our application. And what it does is it, uh, every printer has a Raspberry Pi. Um, we're soon moving to Raspberry Pi zeros, zero twos. And uh, so every printer has one of those, and on it is our software where it, it um, uses WebSockets to communicate with server, and then this is the front end. And so we can control every single printer of ours um, through this thing here. Um, so, you know, we can preheat it, we can cool it down, we can start a print, we can pause it, we can cancel it, um, and then we can still click this button to get into, like, the, the actual dashboard of that, that printer. Um, but we've added some really cool things where it's like we have, like, this print list functionality and so for us, because we're printing like stock, um, we want to know typically like what we're what we want to print. So we look at our stock reports and we say, well, we want more octopus. So then, and we want more blue octopuses or whatever. So we go in and we add that. Um, so now, if we click this um, and we click print, it will show us. Um, it'll order by which printer has that color in the hopper. So like printer number thirteen had lavender. Ah, I see. And we can send that right away to that. And so when we get in in the morning, we just go through, preheat, preheat all of them, boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. come up to the print list, print, 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 and we can start all of our printers within like 10 minutes versus like an hour, which is right. pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, and then we have like different, so like these are all green because they're printing, you know, printer 11 is done, so we can fire that one up, 6 is done, 8 is done. Um, so it does all of that kind of like, 
stuff as well. Um, right. So this is kind of like what we've been kind of working on for a bit now. And we're just about to get, the whole reason I'm talking about the, the manufacturing stuff is like we're just about to get into um, kind of like like our alpha state because we're just like, when is when do we do something with this, right? And, uh, you know, we had a big conversation on that because it was just like, well, you know, we're not going to be done for a while. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're providing value already. Let's try to just get this in the hands of somebody else to figure out like what the mm-hmm. bugs are. And so, um, yeah, we're uh, going to be alphaing it uh, probably the next couple of weeks, which is pretty sweet. So, um, so who do you decide to give it to? Uh, so we know some people just in town here um, that are uh, um, like they have like a small scale thing, like maybe four printers or whatever. So we're just going to give it to that guy um, for free. Right. Um, you know, we're probably not even going to sign an NDA because the guy doesn't really know anything. Um, mm-hmm. The next step up is there's another 3D printing company here in town, um, and they do, like, fully recycled consumer goods. And we might approach them because they have, like, 25 printers or so, and they're still doing an archaic way. For those guys, we'd want, like, a signed NDA. Um, and mm-hmm. we'd probably only do, like, like five of their printers, and then we'd also have to make sure that they sign something where it's like, hey, we're not liable if, like, you know, something was to happen or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, so we're going to roll it out very slowly like that, get it into the first mm-hmm. guy's hand, see if he likes it. If he does and he uses it, then it's like, okay, now we know that there's a need here. And then basically, eventually, the end goal is like, this is this will cost, you know, 10 bucks per printer per month, basically, um, to license it out. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, that's pretty cool. Um, and this is one of those projects where it's just like, we threw the employee, like, on it. And just like mm-hmm. step away, and then just keep adding features, and like it's just like whoa, this is actually being built, which is pretty freaking cool. So I'm 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 super happy with with that, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of like crazy technology that goes on with this. We had to do a lot of problem solving to like get it to actually work, and like we actually kind of discovered a method that I don't know is super um, like obvious because a big problem that we had was not every single person like your office or whatever, um, has the proper firewall settings to be able to like communicate out to a server. But we had to like figure out a way around that, which was pretty crazy. Um, and so we, we found a way that will work for anybody. You could put this in your house and not have to do any network configuration and it'll work with our stuff. So um, wow. pretty, pretty sweet about that. Cool. Yeah, man. Um, so uh, interesting. I feel like, so mo- like most 3D printers already have like Wi-Fi built into them. Um, I think it, yeah, I think like they're connected to the network. (laughs) Yeah. So like you can print, like I can print from my computer. Yeah. Not when I'm at home, but when I'm at work. Yeah. But you probably have to go into like a dashboard and like click a couple buttons, like preheat it and then load the file and click print. Right. Yeah. 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 It takes, yeah, it takes time still. Yeah. Um, but, but you're, are you, you have it set up so you can do it from anywhere. Yeah, so this I could we could do this from anywhere, but the bigger piece, so like even at ten printers or whatever, you'd have ten different tabs open, and yeah, yeah, and you wouldn't you wouldn't know it, like you'd have to check each either the printer physically or the tab to figure out like where it was at, um, and then if you wanted to like, because that's what we did first of all, like the first iteration of this, we didn't have any of this functionality like print stuff, so it was, we could mm-hmm. just see the statuses on one screen, which was pretty helpful. But you still had to go into every single one of their dashboards, load a file, click print, come back, and like all that added like a few minutes. Um, so now that's down to like ten seconds or whatever. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, like a lot of printers do have dashboard capabilities because I think like every printer still has a Raspberry Pi or something where you can like 
um, you know, you go to the IP address of it and it loads up Octoprint or whatever the hell you're using. Right. And uh, you got to do that. But this, we just avoid all of that. And uh, this is like, like, like I said, like if you just have one printer, you're not saving any time. Um, you might save a little bit of time because you can, you can organize like what your print list wants to be. Um, mm-hmm, but yeah. when you get into like 10 printers or like, let's say like 50 printers, you know, this is going to be valuable because you don't even, you don't want to look, walk around the shop and figure out which one's done and which one's not. You just want to come to this thing, yeah, I mean, you're, sort by you're done. Essentially and, a li- you're basically eliminating an entire job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we hate jobs. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, it's, like, it's super efficient, which is, which is awesome. Um, and you know, we have like all the times for the printers down now. So it's just like, you can see which ones you can sort by which ones are going to be done soon. Um, so you can plan like when you're going to come into the office, cause you can just like take the average of all of them and be like, Oh, if I show up in like two hours, 80% of the printers will be done. Instead if I show up at like an hour and a half, I got to wait another half an hour for something. So right. there's a lot of like efficiencies that come out of that. Um, cool. yeah, so we're, we're super pumped to get this in the hands of, of that guy. And, uh, He's, he's already came by and seen it and was like, dude, this is awesome. Um, but, of course, we've built this to our use case, and now we got to start generalizing it. And I feel like we're going to give it to him, and immediately he's going to be like, how do I do this? And we're like, fuck, you know? So yeah, that's why we're going to start out small and roll it out. Um, yep. Yeah, so that that's kind of like what, what we've been, one aspect of things that we've been working on, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's really neat. That's the, uh, the software side of the 3D printing thing, so... Um, I like how, like, you know, most people would see your company and never imagine that there's much software stuff going on in the background. Or, like, they wouldn't yeah. think that this is a part of it. Well, that's, like, the thing is, like, we have the software company, and then we have the 3D printing company. So this actually doesn't live in the 3D printing company's IP or whatever. It's all part of the software. Um, right, of course. So it's kind of, like, an interesting thing because this software could pop off. Um, or if it doesn't, then it's just going to be, like, well, we, I guess we still do, like, some software, you know? But, like, there's not going to be much of it. Um, mm. and then the 3d printing pops off. It's going to be like, like, because the, the 3d printing company, we're going to, like, we built this software for us. We didn't really build it to sell. And so the software kind of is a gain because of the 3d printing company growing as we get more and more printers, we'll probably be like, Oh, we want to be able to look at them like this. So it's a management software for us, but it just ends up, you know, being a great tool for everybody else as well. Um, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing, but um, no, it's exactly right. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, you'd look at that and be like, Man, well, we're also software developers, you know, like we also hate wasting time on stuff. So we built a bunch of shit to like make it faster. Right. So, and it's all using like new technology. So it's all using like uh, Next or React and, and whatnot. So like, you know, the material UI. So it's all like Google based um, like icons and stuff like that, which is so slick, man. Creating applications now is so easy and like, just just like so much f- more fun because you just you can make a really great product in like super quick amount of time so basically just like right. use google's libraries and you're just like damn this is the same icons that they use this is kind of cool so, <laughs> yeah, nice. man. that's really cool so uh like yeah how so how do you go about building something like that like this so this is is, is it a like an application on your computer or is it a web thing? Yeah, it's a good question. So where it is right now has changed a lot from where it first started, right? So like when we were first building this, um, we would have like one printer 
in the office or wherever it was, and you'd have your computer in the office or wherever it was, but it was in the same location as the printer, so nothing was hosted on the public internet. Um, in these types of applications, like we have three different like code folders or repositories for this, right? We have the front end, which is kind of like what I was showing you. Um, and then we have like the, the server, which is like the, uh, which is like the one instance that gets hosted somewhere. Um, and then we also have the, uh, the actual like Pi code or whatever. Um, so there's three different pieces that you gotta like have to build this application. So the front end is just like what like looks good. You can load the front end without a server and you just wouldn't see anything, right? Um, first of all, what we did is we just had the server and everything local to the computer. You'd have like your server locally, you'd like hard code like the IP of the printer. Um, and so the printer would like show up, you know, or like whatever. Um, but we had to build all that. Like we had to basically be like, because um, the, 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 the software that you use for the printer, when you like open up the dashboard and you like, you know, see all that stuff or whatever, all of those have something called like an API. So a programming interface, which means that you can, you can do those same commands through like calls to code essentially. And so that's how we, we basically built this. It's like, okay, instead of using the, 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 the dashboard to like click print, you can call like this function, like let's just say it's like IP slash printer slash print, right? So you, if you hit that URL, it will send a command to that printer to print. And that's basically how like an API works. And so, you know, we started doing that. So it was just like, oh, what, fun okay, let's first of all, just read the status. So how do we get the status, right? So it's like, you just call the URL that says like get temperature or whatever. And then, so you have like your, your server um, endpoint, which is like, you know, get server. Then you have your front end being like, okay, call this endpoint. And then the, the front end calls that and it gets back the number. And then you display the number on the front end. And so um, that's how you kind of start. Everything is just local. You have the server running. Um, and then you have like your, your front end running and it just kind of talks to that. And then the back end talks to the server and, uh, you know, populates that. It's really kind of confusing to, sh to like show, but basically the way you do it is just like super small steps. And you're just like, what do we, what do we want? First of all, I just want to know where the temperature is at. So it's, so I know it's preheated. Okay. Now I want to be able to like tell when a printer's almost done. So let's put the time left in the print. Right. And then it's like, well, now I want to be able to like start a printer. It's like, okay, well now. You know, you do this and this, and it just slowly, 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 slowly build these features in as you need them. Um, so that's kind of like how we, we got from where it was to where we are now. But basically in a nutshell, a printer's, like the Raspberry Pi on a printer is just basically has all this ability to broadcast information, right? So you, at any point it's broadcasting because that's how the, that dashboard works, right? It's the same thing. Um, and it's up to you to like look at that and take in what you want to use and then it's just a matter of like, how do I store this? How do I serve this? And all that shit now. So, right. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Kind of complicated to explain, but uh, yeah. no, it's, it's a, uh, I don't know. That's the part of software that I like. It's just like, Ooh, APIs and like interfacing with stuff is like, it's so much fun. And um, I actually got like an Arduino kit. I don't know if I told you about the project that I want to do, but, um, but my baseboard heater thing. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned, yeah. but you I've, just got, you just got a part in the last time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I'm going to actually create like a mini, like I, I want to do like a little TikTok video, you know, like how, uh, like just like really quick, like iterations of that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm calling this series like life made difficult. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> basically, um, I got that, which is pretty sweet. So I, I've wired up like, a um, a, a temperature sensor, uh, a servo motor, 
um, and then a, an IR remote, whatever this fucking thing is called. Um, so I got that all working now. So it's like if I press one, it like turns to like zero. If I press two, it turns it all the way other way or whatever. So that's cool. like I love like interfacing with that, you know. So it's just like, ooh, this is cool. It's, it's like a yeah. Oh, so you just have it on like on like nothing or max? Uh, right now, yeah. Well, like it's not connected to my my like it's not done. It's just I just was okay. playing with the IR sensor talking to the servo motor. Which, right. my God, was a pain in the ass, because apparently you can't have a servo, like, if you have a servo running on the same power rail as, like, other things, it caused, like, a lot of, like, interference, I guess. So, I was, I was having, like, an issue with my IR, like, when I pressed, like, a button, the, the, um, the IR was, like, constantly picking up, and I was like, what is going on? And then, so I was like... When, well, when I unplug the servo motor, the IR works perfectly fine. It only takes in one value, right? Because the IR is basically always reading um, or listening. Right. And so when I had the servo plugged in, it was always reading random shit. And so then I was like, well, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is the servo? Is it something broken? Is it software whatever? And then sure enough, I go down the rabbit hole enough and somebody else is like, oh, you shouldn't have a servo on the same power line as that. So I plugged the IR into three volts and the, the servo's back at five. And uh, it, and it was really quiet again, and I was like, oh my god! But it took me like two hours to figure out because I was like, what? Yeah. First of all, like you have no idea if it's the part, if it's the software, if it's the way that you wrote things, if it's the library. Like I went, I had looked at like the i remote, like library on GitHub, and I was like looking at like the fucking machine code, and I was like, I don't know what I'm looking <laughs> at, but I'm pretty sure this isn't right. Like, and then you find like one thread from like ten years ago being like, you shouldn't have the same power, and I was like, fuck, yep. I'm gonna try that. So, but uh, yeah, I'll see if yeah, I can man. Um, it's such like a. It, it's, the, it's such a mess. The mess of shit like, there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a, is that a mega? Uh, it's an um, yeah, the mega two twenty five sixty or whatever. Okay. I don't. It was like a hundred bucks for the kit all in, so I wasn't sure like what to get. Thanks. Oh, the mega should be able to do basically anything. So. Nice. Plenty of inputs and outputs. Um, oh, yeah. And like, yeah, I, it, it, it definitely it took me so long. Like, <laughs> you'd think in engineering that they'd teach you the basics of how to do stuff. <laughs> like, in what way? But, um, well, like, uh, for instance, like, in, we, we take all these um, microelectronics courses, yep. and circuit theory courses, and like, it's a lot of math and it's a lot of very complicated circuits and trying to figure out where the voltage and where the current and is at and where what's going to happen in the circuit but um but like they didn't show us like say you need to run something that's that runs on 20 volts um but you want to you have but the thing that's telling it what to do um is a is an arduino mm. that's 5 volts yeah it's like how do you how do you make that work together how do you like have something run on a different power source mm -hmm. than the thing that's and it's so simple, but like, you have to just use I one of those like modules or whatever, right? <clears throat> figure it out myself. Yeah, basically, <clears throat> like, it, I mean, it's you basically just need like a like a relayers or like a. It's uh, we just use something that um, because yeah, we, we I, take twenty four volts and always have it output as three or whatever. So you get the little yeah, chip, I right? Just got, yeah, I just got one for like, I've used them from uh, SparkFun. Will actually like make these little power converter things yeah i um, figure out what it is yeah what is it actually called i can check it too because i 
spark phone. It's like a resistor, um, but it's not. Transistor. So, transistor, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um but like they actually have a little uh oops, sorry, I have to to tell Spark phone that I'm not a robot. Okay. <laughs> We're good. Uh close. I just want to go to order history. What is it actually called? A yeah, MOSFET power control kit. Oh, is that what the actual part um, is called? Or is that just the brand of what they're built? Uh, a MOSFET is a particular type of resistor or transistor, mm. sorry. Um and this this one um is I mean it, it's basically like uh <clears throat> something that allows you to turn on or off a larger power source. Mm. Oh I see, I see, I see. So it's got like yeah, it's got basically a spot for your Arduino like signal. Right. And then a spot for an external power supply. Um so you still need to supply it with 24 volts mm. from something or for whatever voltage you, you need. Um, but then you can use your Arduino to like just basically just like send a signal to be like on or off. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I've, I've used that before for like running motors for, uh, for producing vapor or, so, or like right. and stuff. Cool. Um, but like little things like that, like I had to figure that out that that is a thing that I had to figure yeah. out myself. Because like, I don't know, we never learned like simple electronics. Yeah, it's like how to actually make something using yeah. like prototyping, right? It's all about like the theory and stuff. Of like, this is how power works. It's just like, how do I, how do I, how do I do something? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, like this the is how you make a printed circuit board. It's like, yeah. okay, that's great. But yeah, but it's like okay, that's like, like the last step of like a yeah, development product. Yeah, I can really use some like <laughs> yeah. basics here, just some basic like project. So if I if I gave you like this prototype, and let's say I wanted to go to market with it, you have the capabilities of looking at that and building like an actual schema, or like even you have the capabilities to like actually build up a PCB or whatever the hell they call them, printed circuit board. Um, I have before. Right, right, right. You wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There, there are like I think open source projects or that you can use. Right. Um. And yeah, I mean, it might not work. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, there, there's actually there's programs where you basically you make the circuit and then you just like click a button mm, and it makes it prints it out to the thing or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I guess that makes sense. Um. Um. Yeah, so like I, I have done that before, but cool. I, I would need like a lot of refresher and mm -hmm. probably have to watch tutorials and stuff. Yeah, man, working with the Arduino is so much more efficient than like working with the Pi. Because like with the Pi, what I would typically do is like, you know, plug it into the computer, you'd have like SSH in, you, I'd write like a bunch of Python code to interface with the GPIO pins, um, and it would work. But then one, it was like way overpowered for like, you know, fucking turning on LEDs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then two, it was like, I had to like, set up the Pi, put the OS on it, da 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 Whereas the Arduino, like, I don't know why it took me so long to do this. You plug it in, you open up the ID, and you just, like, upload right away. And you're just like, whoa, this is fucking fast. Yeah, it just works. Yeah, so, Arduino like, is the bomb. Oh, it's man. just, like, it's so fast and so, like, I, I know it's, it's based on, like, C, but it's yeah. basically everything, everything that could possibly be complicated is hidden. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Um, um. Yeah, no, I was, like, I was like, this is what pretty I want you to do. sweet, like, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, like, the examples thing that I'm fault, like, there's so many examples, because, like, I got this massive kit with, like, 
I don't know, a shitload of sensors and stuff like that. Um, and it came with like 40 different lessons of like how to use all of them. So basically what I do is I just look at, like I just open up, like I know what I need. It's like, okay, I need a temperature thing. So all I really cared about was opening up the temperature tutorial, figuring out how they hooked it up, and then just being like, okay, now I know how to read the data. Like, this is great. Yeah. Um, the one downside That's I found was with that um, IR remote, the library that they had was, like, super out of date. So I had to, like, go to the GitLab, go to the GitHub, get, like, the new one, and then, like, the code was outdated. So I had to, like, figure out how to, like, translate that code to, like, the new library and do that all stuff, okay. which I didn't end up needing to do because it was a server thing that was causing the problem the whole time. But Right. Um, but it, yeah, it's just generally, like I think the older stuff would work just as well, but... Yeah, what what I love about it is that it just like they're because everybody uses them. <laughs> yeah. So many people have like documented their projects. You can basically find like everything anything you can imagine um online and just like you don't even you don't have to do it from scratch ever. Yeah. No, it's it's really um, fascinating. So quick to prototype stuff. And even like like the the websites like SparkFun and uh what's the other one that's really good? Elegoo uh, or uh, Elegoo makes because that's where I got the star kit from. Uh, what is it called? There's another website that, um, uh, that sells tons and tons of different parts, but anyway, um, they have awesome guides. Like, mm. they have like they'll have a component and they'll be like, here's a few projects that use it and how they right. do it. That's cool. Um, documentation, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Yeah sample code you just like copy and paste what you need right um uh adafruit adafruit yeah yeah. adafruit makes a lot of good stuff too well that's who makes arduino Um, isn't it uh arduino is like its own company oh is it okay gotcha right yeah it's this italian company and and it's an open source thing so like tons Mm -hmm. of companies do make their own version adafruit probably does well that's like the one thing that they were talking about because when you have to make a pcb you have to make your own microcontroller and it's just like well the good thing is like the arduino code's open source you just basically rip off exactly what you need and then you can use that um oh i see yeah um right so yeah because if you wanted to go from the arduino to an actual product you'd have to like build your own little controller to to do all the things the arduino is doing right yeah, I actually not sure if you. I I wonder if you could just use an Arduino. Probably you probably not, could, but the cost but... would be insane, right? Because you have to buy a full oh, Arduino right, for so. all these products, right? Yeah, although um, although you can probably make like depending on your project, you can often make do with like a, an Arduino Nano. Right, right. Um, and you can get those on like you can get packs of like ten for like hmm. ten bucks. Like you can get right. Super oh, that's cheap not bad because they're open source. Random companies in China will just make like hundreds of them in in bulk so like i've done this before where i'll, I'll like need one arduino nano right and it'll be like set of 12 or something that comes. Huh. isn't that neat um like a mega is going to be more expensive and if you get it from arduino then um like mm. if you get an arduino from arduino it means that it's gonna work and it's gonna be really like high quality yeah um the rails will be better you can probably like pump up the voltage a little bit higher and it won't break um but uh, but the the random ones you can just get online work hmm. like almost always and uh, cool at least I've never had any trouble with them. I think um, I think what it comes down of... to is like you you would still you probably use an Arduino Nano for like prototyping if you're like selling ten or twenty units or whatever. But then once you're yeah. confirmed, then then it's like you just save more by just going to a PCB basically and building exactly yeah, what yeah, you yeah. need, right? I think the PCB will yeah will definitely be. Although you you still have to like find a pcb 
Yeah, which is expensive um, in itself. Like you, it costs like five thousand, ten thousand dollars, or whatever is what I was reading. Like, oh no, wait, to to what? <laughs> but like, bit to take like a a thing and fully schematic size it and like make a PCB out of it and like do all that. Apparently, it was really expensive from what I was reading. Maybe to have someone do it. Yeah, but maybe. to like to just like uh, you can if you have the PCB file. Mm. Um, I've done this before as well, actually. <clears throat> so, um. If you have like once you have the PCB file, there are there's companies where you just send them the file mm. and you can print off like a thousand of them. Oh wow! Um, for really cheap, like wow. it's, they're they're really cheap. And like they yeah. they build like the resistors and all that shit into it, like. Uh no. Oh I see. yeah, <laughs> see. Uh yeah right yeah you'd have to do that yourself. Because like um, if you had like a pretty crazy thing like this, like these are like a right. fucking spaghetti of wires, but you wouldn't want that, right? You'd want to be like this is what it needs to look like, and so you'd send yeah. them the schematics, but then they would also build in like the. Like here's you know how to wire it up and solder it all and you know do all that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. There's probably companies. Uh, it's probably the same kind of companies that that can do that. Mm -hmm. They have these gigantic machines that can do all the rip through boards, soldering like the the um what is it called? Like the top mounted soldering. Right. Um. But. Yeah, I don't know. You still do it. Yeah, I feel like in, unless you are going to be like a giant, <laughs> a giant manufacturer that actually buys your own like thing to be Machine, automated automatically, yeah, yeah machining, um, then it's probably going to be cheaper to just get like bulk, yeah, Arduino nanos or something. That's a good idea. I think that's what you would do logical steps, and then it basically because going going from that to like a different one is just going to be cost cutting, right? Unless there was like security yeah. issues or you weren't allowed to like commercialize the the nano sale or something like that, like I don't know, but yeah, there's there's also like generally I think what you do is you'd replace the the Arduino with a a butt converter. That's what that's what we got made for us. Okay, that's what a buck converter. Yeah, basically, what is that the DC DC to power converter which steps down voltage from its input to to its output. Okay. It's just like a step down converter. Yeah. It is a step down converter, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um yeah, I, I think uh like you there are other micro like the what most of our electronics run on obviously don't have like Arduinos or they don't all they also don't have um like custom PCBs, I don't think. Like mm. for most things. Like if you look in your remote or something, well it might be slightly custom, but but generally they'll have like a a different type of microcontroller that's just like a generic or generic hmm. yeah like there's they're more complicated they're usually programmed in c right i see um so like when when i took microcomputer engineering we had this thing called a tiva launchpad mm -hmm. that's what we used it was i don't know like i think it was maybe texas instruments or something um, yeah texas instruments that's what we used. That was like your and Arduino? Yes. It was way, way more fucking complicated. Oh, really? Um, but generally what what I just did was I, I found a, somebody online had, had like created a Arduino. Oh, right. I remember um, you say this. Yeah. Yeah, an Arduino code translator. translator so yeah. just like, it just, you wrote the Arduino code and it <laughs> translated it into the Tiva. That's pretty stuff. sweet. Um. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the rules are for like you just using straight up like microcontrollers like that. 
I think it depends on the, the licensing that they have. So if it's open source, I think you can use it for whatever. Um, or maybe you can't. Maybe you can't use open source stuff in a in a commercial product. I'm not sure. It depends on the license, but I, like I'm that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Arduino can be used for like can you make a profit off of it or not? I guess you probably can't um you probably can't patent whatever you do because it's open source. Um yeah, physically embedding an Arduino board inside a commercial product does not require you to disclose or open source any f information about your design. So, Sick. so yeah, because I looked up, can I build a commercial product based on Arduino? It's from the Arduino site. Um, nice. Deriving the design of a commercial product from the Eagle files. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so Eagle files are what you use to print. Oh, I see. You may manufacture and sell the resulting products. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, wait, wait. Deriving the design of a commercial product from the Eagle files for an Arduino board requires you to release the modified files under the same Creative Commons attribution share alike license. So you, you have to do something, right. I think, um, but you can make attribution so it basically from it. Means, yeah, it basically means if you're going to take their stuff, build upon it, and then sell it, um, you need to make sure that you license it just like they do so that it's, so that it's freely available just mm -hmm. like theirs is that's kind of like the the whole open source philosophy right yeah here's something that you can build upon but you better make it available to everyone else as right well. and, and it looks like this is an attribution share alike so it's like you do i think you do get like because attribution is like if you do something you get um paid for it or something like that um there's a whole bunch of different ones you must well, give appropriate credit like, basically that's what it is yeah sure yeah so you basically have to say using an Arduino. <laughs> yeah, or using like Tyler's um, off-shoot Arduino fucking thing yeah, to do this. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because like Arduino is like in C or C++, but like there's a lot of like Java like code that you use in it as well. Like even like printing to like the, the serial thing. It's like println, which is like a Java thing, I'm pretty sure. Um, Java might also have stolen that from C or something though. Isn't it? Because I, oh, I, think, maybe. I think Arduino is most, maybe most it is like C. That was my understanding. I could be wrong, but hmm, I don't know. Because like usually for C, it's like C out or whatever. Um, but... right. All right. Well, I don't know. It could be a whole mix of random shit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sketch. I don't know, but it's, it's pretty sweet. Like, I like it. Or maybe they just, like, took that and made it a function of serial println or something. Some Java programmer right. built that out of C. Right. Um, no, it's... Oh, man, I love, like, tinkering and stuff like that. Like, the sensors, to me, is where, where I just get all horny about it. It's yeah. just like, man, I can, like, interface with the world, you know? Or, like, with you, yeah. it's just the rats. Like, you're, you built a sensor for your rats, and you're just like, now I can do stuff with that. And you're like, what? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's just being aware of what sensors are out there too. Yeah. Like in the past I've used flex sensors before, which are like it's a sensor that you it changes resistance when you bend it. Mm. So that's cool. in uh for my like microcomputer engineering um project at the end of the year. I had this glove that I put a flex sensor on each finger. And when I bent it, mm. I had it connected to a little piezo buzzer so it could produce music. So oh, like, that's sweet. I, so I, I set it up so I could do an octave by going, uh, bending my pinky. So it would be like, da, 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 where like with each mm -hmm. finger. Goes up. 
uh, a, a note, and then I could bend my thumb, and there would be like da 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 da. So I oh, could get sweet. the second half of the octave. So then, based on which what you were doing mm -hmm. with your fingers, I could um, compose. Play, I could play songs. Ooh. Yeah. Is that just through like resistance too in the buzzer or whatever? Yeah, so I basically just made like a threshold. So it was like, mm. if you bend, if if it gets to this resistance, then just turns on the turns on this note. Right, but then note. How did you do the notes? Is it one buzzer that does all the notes, and then you just have the resistance? Yeah, one going buzzer in? can do all yeah. the notes. Yeah, one buzzer can do all the notes. So how like how big was that breadboard? <laughs> um, I had a whole bunch of wires coming off of the glove. Oh, so it was all like um, in line basically. Yeah, so like I had like because each uh, flux sensor has three wires because it has to have power ground right. and then the signal that it's. Oh my god! So you must have had like. Well, you'd have you'd have 15, 15 wires. wires yeah yeah so I basically just came down like this like down my wrist yeah and then off the side <laughs> but then like because um, in order to have different sounds come out of the one buzzer you have to like do is that like done through resistance then like resistors so okay so each so basically all my finger all or was it a speaker will used? have a zero or a one mm -hmm. being sent yeah to the board yeah so all of all each finger was basically just went into a digital input. Yeah. Or actually it might have been analog, but um because it's like a linear resistor. Um into the Arduino. Right. And then the Arduino can just send uh using pulse width modulation um to the buzzer. But it was um, like a buzzer. So like how did you change the sound of the buzzer? Like how did you how did you like is it just something part of the buzzer where you're just like, oh, make this an octave higher? Yeah, there's like a Oh, I see. So there's like a sound a thing for buzzer or whatever. You can literally just tell it A and it'll play an A. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. I thought you had to like I thought you had like also built in the uh like using electricity to be like, oh if I send a really resisted current, it's like a low buzz. If I send a really high like a not resisted current, it would be like a high buzz. But So so basically, um a piezo buzzer is, is a little piece of um of uh what is it called? Uh in one second. I know. Uh, uh, stuff that that like bowls are made of. <laughs> oh, like resonation. Ceramic, ceramic, ceramic. It's a piece of ceramic that um that uh it, basically if you if you put five volts onto it, it vibrates. Mm. And um, basically if you if you just like uh depending on how quickly you turn on or off the five right. volts you can have it produce whatever sound you want right okay okay i see how that works yeah that somebody basically made a library that says if you input a then it sh it vibrates the thing 440 times right okay gotcha that's cool um a second and then that but you just use the library for that so yeah that's pretty sweet yeah so there's just like on somebody's made an arduino library that just like translates notes to to um the whatever the output mm -hmm. is required so i mean the piezo buzzer has three outputs too just the ground of uh actually it might just be two it might just be voltage and ground but um that's pretty sweet and then yeah you just you just vibrate it at whatever value you want hell yeah yeah that's so cool um, man i love that like i wish you could just get paid by doing stuff like that it's like dude we need you to <laughs> yeah. we're gonna pay you fifty thousand dollars to make a glove that makes sound you're like okay sweet let's do this you know yeah, but then someone will undercut me and do it for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, true. On fucking Fiverr. Yeah. You know, like I wish that wasn't the case. Like I wish I wish you and me knew all what we knew, but like fifty years ago. <laughs> Everyone else knows nothing. <laughs> and we could bring like all these Arduino boards with us, you know, and be like 
hey, look, look what we got. I got. And they'd be like, oh my god. We'd probably get burned, actually. We'd probably get lit on fire. Yeah. Like, this guy's a witch. Yep. These are wizards wild. of black magic. Yep. So, uh, switching the uh, curve a little bit. Guess what? So, like, I guess not guess what. It's not that exciting. But um, I just been working out a lot this week. So I made oh, nice. I made uh my I guess resolution. I don't know fuck. But um, like for a long time I was like, man, I am so unhealthy. Just like my diet. Like I was at 140 pounds like two weeks ago. Like just chilling, and I was like, dude, I'm like withering away. Like I gotta fix this. And so I was like, fuck it. You know, I need to make like, I'm, I was like, you know what? For one week, just one week, I don't care what happens after, but just for one week, I want to like eat 4,000 calories a day. That's like my only goal for that. Mm-hmm. And then to like work out four times a week. So I found like a schedule that like works for me Monday, Tuesday on, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. I was like, I don't care when I work out. I'm not going to try to make it like a morning thing. Um, so mm-hmm. I just shoot for like 12 o'clock now, which is great. And, uh, yeah, and it's been awesome, man. I've just been, I make like a thousand calorie shake, um, typically in the morning. Last night I had it after everything. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a shake and then usually oatmeal for breakfast as well. Um, and I've been making like kind of like some high calorie simple meals um, that I've been eating. So I'd say I probably hit close to it. I'm not really counting. You know, I just know that my shake is a thousand. I know that my breakfast is like 600. And then I just assume every meal that I eat is like 600, which is probably lower than what every meal is. So I just mm-hmm. kind of work back from that and be like, okay, I need at least three three meals a day plus a shake or maybe two shakes. Right. And uh, I love it, man. I don't know. It's just like working out. What I used to do too is like when I worked out was like, I'd be like, oh, you know, don't don't look in the mirror or like whatever because it's like, you know, you're not going to see any results. But it's just like now it's just like I go the other way. I'm just like, I feel fucking good. I look fucking good in the mirror. Like I've got this pump on. Like fuck yeah. And every nice. workout I'm just like, this is dope, right? So I'm like appreciating you- every single time. Are you working at a home or are you like... Uh, my dad's got a gym in his basement. Um, so oh, we nice. actually just, like BC's just opened up all their gyms actually. So you know how I was talking about last week. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they gave in or whether they gave yeah, in haven't. or oh. they, yeah, they redid that. Like we, we're about to. Yeah. So oh. damn, people are going to revolt. Like, So yeah, they opened yeah, the gyms back up. But um, yeah, I just go to my dad's house. It's just like a 30 minute drive, um, which is kind of like far away. But uh I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want any excuses. Like, I'll make the time. Yeah. Like, so Where's I'm. Oh, now I'm frozen. Oh, I, I'm not. Okay, you can still hear me. For me. Okay, yeah. it's just Discord then. So yeah, I uh um. Oh wow, Discord is fucked. I might end up crashing here. I'm not sure. Okay, you're still looking fine to me on my end. Like I'm moving too. Yeah, you're moving. That's freaky. It um. Just be on your end. Oh, it definitely is on my end. I don't know why though. Uh, if it crashes. And it's gonna crash, but um, yeah. So it's been it's been really good. Like I've uh, um, yeah. I don't know. I just kind of enjoy it. I'm I got my last training day today, uh, which I actually have to figure out when I'm gonna do it, and then that'll be the full week, sort of. I guess Saturday and Sunday, so I got to eat. But yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So then uh, then from there I will uh come back. Um, I'm just gonna restart Discord real quick. I'll just be back. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Do you still have time, or do you have to go like real quick? Um, oh, never mind. It's back now. Perfect. Oh, nice. Uh, I gotta go actually, pretty much now. So, okay. cool. Um, I'm I'm uh, my co-advisor found a kitten. Um, and uh, basically we set it up so Catherine and I are gonna foster it. Damn, cool. Um, 
I gotta go pick it up. You should, uh... And I was just told that she's gonna be at the animal facility in, like, 15 minutes, but that was a few minutes ago, so... You you should, um, try... You should, like, apply that same, uh... Sorry, I gotta go, but you should apply that same thing that you did with the rats, with, like, the cat, and just figure out if you can do something fun with him. Like, figure out if he's, like, pissed off or hungry or something. If he, if he shakes his head and be like, hey, now, now you gotta feed him. We'll just translate cat language. Dude, oh, that no, would be I, fucking cool. Dude, actually, there are... So there's projects that... It, like, there's one called Deep Squeak. <laughs> that that you take recorded um ultrasonic vocalizations from rats it's above our our like right. threshold we yeah. can't hear it um and you put it into this uh program and it tells you like whether they're like happy or sad that was it, fucking it does. freaky yeah. man deep squeak cool. deep squeak um it yeah the, the only problem is you need like really really expensive microphones to record oh, to record it yeah if it's yeah, yeah. because you need uh, like crazy high um frequency mm. uh, sampling rates right you need like massive sampling rates because like the way the way sampling rates work um is that you need you need double the highest pitch mm -hmm. frequency or high double the the frequency in order to sample it perfectly um and but also like each octave is is like uh how is it it's double or i think it's double the cool. frequency yeah yeah wow. it's double the frequency so like if it's two octaves above it means we we need like two to four times or you need four Jesus. times as as high latency sampling as a normal mic would for our voices right. wow <laughs> you need really fancy stuff so crazy you you'd think it wouldn't be that hard you'd be like oh, i can probably just make something that yeah i can record rat noises but nope it's no. a very complicated thing Antidote. to do Oh man, well, okay. that was an exciting tidbit. Hope you have a good foster yep. meeting or whatever the hell you got to do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to do a like a backyard uh, switch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a trade. Although we're not trading anything, but <laughs> I got a I got a deal. Deal, yeah, deal with kittens, a paper bag full of cats. That's right. All right, that's at all on this episode of the Jude, Jude and Ty, Ty podcast. podcast.